Is he good? Yeah. yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, worship, primarily <clears throat> because we always like to see what God's doing and get behind that, just like Jesus did. And he's been speaking to us and clearly taking us somewhere in terms of uh, worship and ascending in worship. So um, let's just read a few verses from uh, Psalm... 61. Kind of might be a good way to come to God. Hear my prayer, O God. Hear my cry, O Lord. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. Basically, pretty much from anywhere. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you have heard my vows, O God. You've given me a heritage of those that fear your name. It's a good place to start off prayer to God that he would bring us into the security of his presence, uh, cause us to come from wherever we are. Remember what we were singing earlier on uh, about his grace finding us and his love never failing, bringing us to the place that he wants. And I believe that should be our continual cry and prayer that God brings us to the place that he wants on the basis that worship Praise is for him. We can assess it and decide how we like or dislike or whatever, but it's what he wants is key. Now, I don't want to over-generalise, but this is, my, this is my expectation, that any time we come together, there would probably be, would probably be, broadly three categories of people amongst us. There will be those who, if you like, are um, prepared, <coughs> excuse me, ready to pray, to hear, to listen, to praise God. Already kind of uh, tuned into that. Um, there will be those who would, um, who would be prepared to, on the basis that as many of the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, They'd be prepared to kind of get hold of their soul and say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name, or else. And you can do that, because our spirit has a greater measure of authority. Uh, that, that, that's our prerogative. We can actually decide, I feel like this, I don't feel like that, this has happened and that has happened, but I choose by my spirit to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. It's a choice. We have the power to do that. So that would be a second group of people. There will be a third group that kind of, you know, waiting, watching, seeing, see if something stirs me. You know, something that kind of 
lifts me up a bit or whatever, then I might respond. Now, there may be other groups, but I'm kind of thinking that, that there would be broadly three groups. Clearly, the preferential place is in the first group where we come ready and prepared. Now, I want to just take a little while, can't really go into an in-depth teaching about worship and praise, but I want to just bring back to you some of the some of the issues, some of the key things that are involved. The actual concept is um, would be best described as, as to draw near to kiss the hand. So it, it's not a kind of romantic embrace. You're supposed to respond. <laughs> I've been telling you for 42 years. <laughs> but it's more, it's more that you would do to somebody, you know, to honour them. Not in every culture, I know. We don't tend to do it. But, you know. <laughs> As you draw near to kiss the hand of God, if you expect he's going to punch you in the mouth, <laughs> we need to reassess how we feel about God before we start. I ain't going to risk it. <laughs> she loves me really. Are giving ourselves. You know, when you go into the, to what it actually means and you take the weight of Scripture and the understanding, it's, it really has that sense of, of to kiss the hand or to prostrate yourself before him. It's essentially... I mean, we use songs and things like that, but the actual issue of worship is about giving ourselves all over again to God himself. And that is really important that we have that in the base of our thinking, that it's, here I am, Lord, uh, I'm giving myself to you all over again. And, and the, the concepts of kissing the hand or prostrating ourselves are just part of that. So... Um, it's never just a matter of doing things, you know, while we sing some songs or say some prayers or something like that. It is about giving ourselves. So it kind of works out like this. Um, we raise our hands in worship, not because we feel like it, but because we've identified that's one of the things we do. Now, here's the good news. God has made us body, soul, and spirit. The spirit decides where we're going to go. We don't have to then be cut off from feelings. So, I'm going to raise my hands. Don't feel like it. Don't want to. But I'm going to do it. How long before we actually then come through because we're bringing body and soul into alignment with the Spirit. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. We can expect that there's something. I don't know, we haven't done this in a long time, but we used to encourage this. How many, no, I won't ask you that. What about speaking in tongues, out loud, on our own, somewhere, not, probably not in the, on the bus, you know, but, you know, for 15 minutes. Bet your bottom dollar, after about two minutes, you think they've done that. Done that now. 
But when we actually push through, because we have decided, we feel this would be honouring to God. I'm not just talking about a mechanical thing. We decide that this is what we, how we want to praise God. It's amazing. After that period of resistance, and then we just come into that place where the whole of our being is expressing our praise to God and our worship of him. John 4.23, what does God look for? The kind of worshippers the Father seeks are those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Remember the discourse there about what worship was to be. And God is a God of reality. He loves that which is real. And he wants there to be truth, honesty in it, but also that it's part of an expression of our spirit. Of course, it's, it's quite a privilege. We get used to things. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a danger when we just get used to things. Uh, I've noticed on various occasions people that have enjoyed worshipping with us and they've been relocated to other places or out of that kind of opportunity. I think people like uh, Mark and Keith, both mentioned in recent times, God, when we come back and we can just join together uh, in corporate worship, something which they have very little opportunity to do at the present time, how much that is, is valued. So it's a privilege. Um, we never want to follow the kind of Adam and Eve thing who when they were called, hid themselves, decided they would try to uh, hide away from God. We can also, according to Hebrews 4.14, we can worship with confidence. We can approach the throne of grace with confidence. We're not coming to some, uh, some kind of authority which you never quite know how they're going to be. We're assured on the authority of God's word that we can come with a confidence that he will receive us uh, and uh, receive us good and receive us positive. So it's, it doesn't need to be any, any fear thing in that, any reticence in that. Come before him in that way. Then we've also got to remember that there's a, there's a spiritual exercise. It's not a mechanical thing. Uh, there's a spiritual exercise. We can expect that God, the Holy Spirit, will enable us. That's how we can worship, in spirit and in truth. Uh, and uh, the spirit that leads us um, empowers us, actually, to express that which is pleasing to God. See, if we, if we were talking purely about a kind of external or mechanical exercise... We could follow points one to nine and subsection A, B, and C, and you know, we, we would have completed a process. But this is about God, the Holy Spirit, enabling us. That's why things can flow one way, can flow another. Sometimes it may be saying things, sometimes when we're I'm talking about in corporate act of worship, sometimes it may be songs, sometimes it may be uh, sharing together, speaking in tongues, sometimes it may be an edification. There can be a whole variety of things as God the Holy Spirit has his way. And it is permissible. 
even for the staid and steady English who take their joys very seriously. To enjoy and have a little bit of fun. Okay. You hear the Spirit of God say, come sing with me. Come dance with me. Come let us rejoice together. There's a, there's a kind of drawing, a beckoning to engage body, soul and spirit. Isn't it good? Aren't you glad that you don't have to sit there with sour faces and uh, in a very sort of static position? You didn't realize that you didn't have to do that? Oh, no, you don't have to do that. You can actually enjoy because that's what God wants. I can see three people who are convinced by what I'm saying at the moment. <laughs> yes, God loves you. No accounting for taste. <laughs> God loves you. No, no, it's not working. <laughs> You're going to have to help me. Find someone who looks particularly sour and miserable, or the person sitting next to you. God loves you. Try and minister it to them as an act of worship. That worked better. No, that, that did work better. Psalm 84 says this. We're talking about the amazing privilege. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. Tell you what, guys. That's a darn sight better than saying, oh, it's Sunday, 10.25, here we go again. You know, to be honest, if, if, if you ever got to that place, I wouldn't bother, you know. Stay in bed. Have a fry up. Whatever. How lovely is your dwelling place. O Lord God Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. A place near your altar. It's almost like Jealous of the birds that got into the place uh, near the altar. That, that, that privilege of being part of being in the presence of God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Your house, by the way, is talking about his presence. They're ever praising you. Hmm. You know, we've got to want him because we want him. It doesn't really work. We want him in order to get this or resolve that or, you know, for kind of what function he may perform. It's got to be something that brings us through to wanting him because of who he is. And that is what God will do and will continuously do as we open our hearts to him. So our desire is to please God. And... Have faith that he might be pleased with you. Now there's a thought. 
I'm going to this time of corporate worship and Almighty God, the creator of the universe, is going to look and say, hey, I'm pleased with him. There's young John. I'm just delighted he's coming into my presence. Hmm. Wouldn't be the same without him. Hmm? That's how God thinks about me. Tough on you, but that's how God thinks about me. Hmm? All right, what happens? So our desire is that we please God and that he's pleased with us. And obviously, this, this can't be reduced down to, uh, to, to what music, what songs, or what format, or any of those things. It's got to be to do with our motive, what's going on in our heart, uh, our lifestyle before him. Just take a moment to consider what happens when we come into that place. We touch God, and he touches us. You know, my, one of my tests, I've talked about it before, I know that I've touched the presence of God from whatever time, whatever. if I come out of that place and I find a love refreshed and overflowing for the brethren, for one another, that is to me the most tangible thing of loving God and enjoying the presence of God, that we actually somehow affects us in our love for one another, which seems to me to be biblically based. We touch God, but He touches us. We sense His presence. There is no words, there is nothing to describe, there is nothing to compare with the presence of God. That's part of what happens as we worship Him. And then we looking constantly for this progression this spiritual journey from earth to God's realm, from the earth realm to God's realm, so that we're in a place uh, where we're more conscious of God than we are even of ourselves, yet alone anybody else around about us. That is where God wants us. That is what he's got for us. And in that place, when we're, we're moldable, malleable in his hands, uh, he can choose his way of expressing himself. What's on his agenda at that particular time becomes very, very important. And of course, it opens the way uh, for spiritual blessings, for words, for gifts from God. It, just like it has done right through the scripture. You remember when uh, David played and worshipped, uh, deliverance came to Saul. When the evil spirit had come upon him, David played and worshipped. And he experienced, Saul experienced a deliverance. Remember when Paul and Silas were in the jail, praising God, um, chained up, uh, and uh, the, the, the great deliverance came, the earthquake came, or whatever you'd like to put it, whatever frame you'd like to put it in. Essentially, salvation came at the point when they were opening their hearts to God in a very a very difficult situation, something that wasn't comfortable or good for them. Remember when in, uh, in Antioch, when the gathered company were worshipping and praising God, a prophetic direction came about sending out uh, Barnabas and Paul. It, it's amazing the things that can happen in the course of, of uh, 
a time of worship. I personally believe that in the same way when we worship God and remembering him in the breaking of bread, uh, if we fail to do that uh, without discerning the body, in other words, if we, if we partake in that, uh, there is this very serious situation uh, if we're not at one with one another, that's failing to discern the body, uh, then it can bring sickness upon us. I actually also believe, personally, I'm not saying everybody has to believe this, I personally believe that the opposite also applies. That in that special time of remembering the Lord, when we break bread together, there are times of healing, physical healing, which are made available uh, to us by God himself. So it achieves the exhorting and enthroning of God in our midst. It sets a kind of corporate tone and character uh, and adds to the unity of the Spirit. It trains and shapes people internally. It sharpens and it expresses the vision of the church. We become more God-conscious than self-conscious, which is always our objective. Prophetic word flows. Our hearts are prepared with compassion, whether it be for situations that we are aware of amongst us or in the network of relationships that God has given us. You see, in those times when we're, we're giving ourselves to God, it kind of opens a door for him to shape us more like him to actually influence how we are in a significant way so that we might be more prepared to pick up, say, like a situation with Julio where we needed to exercise compassion and, and prayer or what we've just been talking about, some of the things that the intercessors have picked up. Very, very key time. Uh, important that we recognize God at work in that. So... Well, worship, there's many ways in which we can do it. Um, we're talking, I'm particularly talking about uh, the coming together in congregational praise at this time. Uh, important, though, just to remember, who is it for? Huh? Who is it for? Mm, that's right. It's for him. I, I mean, I'm, I want you to enjoy it. I want you to have a nice life, you know. I especially want to enjoy it. But the objective is, did he enjoy it? Was it good for him? Is this pleasing to God? Is this what he wants? Hmm. Was he glorified? Very, very important. Very key. This... A warning that I just think we ought to take note of because the danger is when we've visited things many times we can become kind of used to it and uh, almost kind of operate on autopilot. Um, in Jeremiah chapter 2, um, God says, I have two problems with you. You've forsaken me and dug your own cisterns. Now, cisterns are like storage tanks, all right? And what he's basically saying is that you've turned away 
from the heart of this thing. You've turned away from me and you've put in place a kind of, um, not a fresh thing, but a storage system. So there are things that you can do because you can do it. There are um, systems that you can use. And if we get the music right or if we get the right songs, these things, if they're used in that way, are systems. They're, they're things that were, were from the past that are stored up, can be drawn on, but there's not the life that God wants. They're not the place of ascendancy in his purpose. Now, does it mean they're wrong? No. It means if we rely on that, instead of accessing God for himself, but rely on mechanics and systems, then we miss out. There's a very uh, interesting... Um, I'm talking about reality. I'm talking about being real. Uh, in Revelation, um, and some time ago, I, I remember talking about this. It's a while ago now. Revelation 13. Um, I think it's 11. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. Basically saying, there can be things that look like the real thing. The only way of discerning it is it had a different sound. And we never want to be in a place where we've got something. And by the way, let's, let's be aware, we live in a world with commercialized and manufactured worship as being broadly acceptable. It looks like the real thing but it has a different sound. We want the right sound. We want the right sense of God's presence and God's purpose. We don't want something that looks like the real thing, but it isn't. That would be disastrous. And so we continue to seek God uh, for the fulfillment of his purpose. We believe, I've mentioned this before, that there's a place as we come together in our praise, in our worship, in accessing the presence of God, where he wants to take us on. Take us, we talk about ascending, coming to a new place. Because God loves us. He wants to revel in that love and he wants us to revel in that love. doesn't want us to get to the place, you know, that was nice and, you know, that's where we stay. But there's something more. He wants to take us on. This is good news. This is good news. It's like saying he's got even better things for us to do in accessing his presence. Amen? So let's come and take a little time. Just keep those things in mind. Let's take a little time as we come together before the Lord just to praise him, to access his presence, to worship him, and to... Maybe make that decision. If it's just waiting to see if anything stirs, switch to the next stage and say, bless my soul and all that is within me. You know, let the spirit, let your spirit speak to your soul. And if you're prepared and ready, and, then let's just enter in. 
so that we reach that place where being conscious of God supersedes being conscious of ourselves.